0: Hello, everyone. I am Matt Williamson. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino, and here's the plan for our final pod of the week. Um, I have a bunch of general nuggets, notes about this game, you know, that we did offense-defense yesterday. That's going to be the first half of the pod, and then we're going to come back after the break and talk about about half a dozen key matchups I have on both sides of the ball, you know, things that teams might try to exploit. You know what time it is? It's time for football and time to jump into the action at FanDuel Sportsbook and Lounge at Live Casino. Bet on your favorite teams at our self-service kiosks and sit back and watch the players duke it out on the field on our massive 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So let's dig in. Um, both teams were 4 and 2 in the AFC North last year, but their two head-to-head meetings, the, way the Bengals won both games and by a combined score of 65 to 20. Of course, the Steelers have the edge this year with their 23-20 Week 1 victory. In that game, Cincinnati racked up 32 first downs if you remember against 13 by the Steelers. The Bengals ran amazing 94 plays in that game and held the football for almost 44 minutes. But they were also minus five in turnover differential and minus six in sack differential. The Steelers only averaged 4.4 yards per play in that win. Bengals only averaged 4.6. Uh their most recent game, a 42-21 win over Carolina, Cincinnati produced 30 first downs in that one compared to 13 by the Panthers. They held the ball for about 40 minutes. While running 72 offensive plays, they produced 6.4 yards per play and finished that game with 464 yards from scrimmage. They were also plus three in turnover differential in that one. So coming off their Week 10 bye, right now the Bengals are 2-3 and three on the road and 0-3 and within the AFC North. Uh, they've outscored their opponents by 43 points and they're on a one-game winning streak. The Steelers have been outscored by 67 points, which is the worst in the league but 57 of that came against the two games against Buffalo and Philadelphia. So I'm making excuses, but if you take those two games out, they're minus 10 in point differential, which is middle of the road, of course. Um, Points per game. Oh, this is interesting. I mentioned they're 0-3 against the AFC North, the Bengals. Well, against any team outside the division, they average 29.7 points per game. But against the division in those three games, they're at 16.7. So it's 13 points difference. And I wonder, is there a book on them? If you play the Bengals, and again, I'm not the huge Coach Taylor fan, and a lot of people have told me they have a lot of offensive tendencies. If you know this team well, is it a bigger advantage than against other teams? I'm very open to that suggestion. Um. Yards per play. Bengals offense is a 5.5. That's 12th in the league. Steelers is at 4.7. Tied with the Rams for last. Yuck. Bengals allow 5.3 yards per play on defense. That's also 12th. That's a theme with this team. They're basically like 10 to 12th in every department, which is pretty darn good. Uh, Steelers give up 5.8 yards per snap. That's 23rd. So mentioned the turnover differential. Bengals are now plus three. Steelers are minus two. Um, Saints are the only offense that have thrown more interceptions than Pittsburgh. The Steelers' 10 interceptions is better than all but four defenses, though. So, lots of interceptions in the Steeler world. This one's a little interesting because usually fumble luck comes back. The Steelers have only recovered two fumbles, however, this year. I mean, that's a league low. I bet that they, in the second half of the season, they'll have more than two fumble recoveries. Uh, You know, I'm a big EPA guy. Their offense is fifth in EPA, fifth per drop back, and second behind Baltimore in rushing EPA. Steelers offense is 26th. uh, They're 29th per drop back. This doesn't quite add up to me, but the Steelers are ninth in rushing EPA after last week's performance. Okay. I mean, I'm not sure exactly how that's calculated. I mean, it didn't pass the sniff test for a lot of the season, but implies they might want to run the ball more. Defensively, Bengals are 10th, Steelers are 23rd. Cincy is 6th against the pass and 25th against the run. Mentioned the run game here. While the Steelers' D is 24th per drop back and 19th defending the run. Bengals on average hold the ball for 32.04 uh, minutes per game, 32 minutes and 4 seconds. Only Washington and Baltimore are better. So after possessing the football for almost 39 minutes last week, the Steelers are now up to 30 and 36 seconds, which is 12th. So they've been consistently rising up the time of possession chart, which is huge. I mean, as mentioned, week one, they were the worst in the league. After four or five weeks, worst in the league. Now they're 12th. Bengals throw the ball 62.4% of the time, eighth highest rate in the league. Pittsburgh is 14th in terms of pass percentage. Cincinnati's minus 18 in sack differential. They've given up 32, but only have 14 sacks. Um, The Bengals have 18 passing touchdowns, and that's double what they've allowed through the air. So they've only given up seven passing touchdowns, but have 18 passing touchdowns. And they've scored 28 touchdowns compared to 17 by their opponents. Um, In their defeat over New Orleans, Mike Tomlin has now beaten Every NFL team is a head coach for the Steelers. I think we talked about that before, but that's pretty darn impressive. Um, EPA per drop back on throws 10 yards or further downfield. Burrow is fourth. Pickett is last. Uh, After playing the Steelers in week 11, the combined remaining win-loss record the Bengals are to face is 38-26 and have collectively outscored their opponents by 219 points. Like, that doesn't apply to this game. But after this game, the Bengals have a brutal, brutal slate of games coming up. The hardest schedule in the league, even including this game the rest of the way. But when you get this one out of the way, it really gets tough. And I didn't really phrase that properly, but their upcoming opponents have a plus set 219 point differential, if you add them all up. Brutal. And last little nugget, and then we'll take a break. Come back to some matchups. Steelers are five one and one against teams coming off a bye in their last seven, and the Bengals are one five in their last six against teams coming off a bye. So it's something. I mean, I'm not putting a whole lot of stock in that, but it's something. It's a positive. Leave one on a positive note at least. All right, we'll be back in a minute. All right, some matchups to talk about here. When the Bengals have the ball, um, we'll start with their offensive tackles. You know, Lyle Collins has not been great, but he's fine. He's okay. He's going to need a lot of help with Watt. Goes without saying, I'm sure a tight end will help him a lot. Mixing, chipping, different schemes. We've seen. You, know, you don't need me to tell you that teams give Watt extra attention, of course. But. Some might think that Jonah Williams, the left tackle, don't remember former first-round pick, is a high-quality left tackle that should handle Highsmith by himself. Jonah Williams has been terrible. He's been really bad. And I assume Highsmith will get him one-on-one a lot. So here's a perfect example of Watt's you know, impact. If, if Watt's not in this game, Collins has Reed by himself all day long, and you're chipping Highsmith. Well, you can't do that now. I mean, you just simply can't. So I expect another big game from Highsmith. Um, I also think Cam Hayward and Ogunjobi, uh, Ogunjobi has, has obvious familiarity with this team, um, have a major advantage against the interior of this line as well. Um, Kappa, the guard, is probably their best lineman this year, but none of them have really lived up to the billing. And Cam and Ogunjobi should push the pocket consistently and I think I don't want to say dominate on the ground, but have their way. Um, one guy I'm really worried about this game from Steelers perspective, Chase is out, but I think Higgins who looks like he's finally healthy against any of the Steelers corners is going to be a major uh, attraction for Burrow. I, I bet that Burrow's looking at Higgins like he usually does chase and says, if I get one-on-one, I'm going to Higgins over and over. So, Prediction time, I bet Higgins gets 12 targets, finishes the day with over 100 yards. Like when Steelers face number one receivers this year, and I know he's the two on his team, but for most, I still think Higgins is a number one who's masquerading as a two when Chase is out there. They've kind of lit the Steelers up, you know, Amari Cooper. I mean, there's many examples. A.J. Brown kind of expecting that again. Um, Other side of the ball. Bengals corners are a real problem too. Yeah, I mean, Owosier is out. Apple's okay. Uh, Taylor Britt, the the rookie, is struggling, to say the least. Now, not trying to tear apart Kenny Pickett here, but Pickens and especially Deontay tore up the Saints corners last week, and the ball didn't always come to them. Sometimes he was running too early. I didn't think Pickett played well. We've addressed that. But I expect the same. I mean, Deontay in particular should have 300 more yards. (laughs) He really should, as much as he's been open this year. And Pickens close them, maybe not that the level, but uh, I expect them to light up these Bengals corners. So they get the football or not? Who knows? I told you yesterday the impact of DJ Reader, and it is immense. I expect him to play. I expect him to dominate. I think Mason Cole has been fine at center, but not all that functionally strong. DJ Reader is very functionally strong. I would expect very little success in the A-gaps, interior running in this one. Um, Might have to be a little more unconventional outside stuff or just stick with it, stick with it. But I do wonder, and something I'm trying to remember how many snaps will Reader play in this game? I mean, he won't be out there in third and long, although he can push the pocket a little. But is he working himself back into shape? Do you have an alert when he's out there? We're running the football on first downs when he's out? I don't know. Something to keep an eye on. Um, two more little nuggets here. I don't watch special teams tape. I'm never going to pretend to. The Steelers are mediocre. I mean, DVOA, that's football outsiders metric, is where I steal my special teams from, stuff from. But the only reason they're mediocre is because there's been a lot of missed field goals. you know, And they've had three different kickers. Even Boswell's missed a few. But the Bengals are right at the bottom of the league. I think they're 29th in special teams. So I definitely give the Steelers a big special team advantage, kicker aside. You know, I mean, uh, the coverage teams returns, block punts, things like that, is defi- definitely uh, favors Pittsburgh. So I host a podcast, Peacock and Williamson, on the Locked On Network. And the Bengals host, a guy named James Rippian, he did this and tweeted it out, and I just double-checked his work, that if you take the first two games out of the equation from the Bengals – They would be the best team in the league. So since then, I I just eliminated week one, week two, which is what he did. So from week three to now, they are the best team in the league in EPA. They're well above average on defense and basically tied with the Chiefs for number one by a large distance on offense. Burrow's playing that well. And that's cheating a little bit. It's kind of like saying... Well, if the Steelers didn't play the Eagles and Bills, they'd be minus 10 in point differential. You know, well, they did, and the Bengals did play those first two games. But it was also a long time ago. And the reason I kind of wanted to reiterate that was, I said this going into week one, Taylor made a huge error, in my opinion, not playing any of his offensive players except for the guard rotation that was fighting it out in the preseason. And we saw how that looked. And part of it's not his fault. Burrow had an emergency appendectomy and was you know, barely able to play week one and was able to, and he got better after the first two weeks. But the rest of the line and all, all the rest of the offense were really, really rusty early in the season. So they aren't anymore, <laughs> especially Burrow. So this team, the way they're playing now, as opposed to the whole body of work, is pretty darn impressive. And I think they end up winning this game. I think it's going to be a close game. But I do think Bengals win this thing like 23-20. So, all right, folks, we will talk to you soon, over and out.